call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with... For me, it's growth. It's I know there's untapped potential that I still, you know, want to be coached up on and and grow and, and know that I can be so much better. So I think that was my biggest thing is that opportunity to do so, be coached up and be pushed. And that's I go back to Coach Levy's, you know, relationship. Like that's why I love like love him so much. Is like I know he's gonna push me to a point where, you know. I'm going to get better, and I'm going to grow, and um, that's all I want. Dylan Gabriel talking about his goals for the 2023 season. Final hour of the rush, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Where uh, where are you at right now with the whole uh, quarterback situation? Are you one that's going to be someone that goes into the year saying, Ooh, boy. Gabriel's one bad game away from his uh, starting job really being in jeopardy. Are you one that's kind of going into things saying, yeah, he's got a pretty long leash here. I'm not worried about Gabriel not being quarterback number one. Where, where, are, you, where are you at with things post-spring? You know, I, I, am, I am of the long leash brigade, if you will, because and – and I'll kind of break it down why. So, I think – if Dylan Gabriel has a long leash, I think it opens up the offense immensely. I think it means we have a more than capable backup, so we can call more designed runs. He can pull the ball down and run it. On he can keep it on zone reads. And as we saw, um, you know, with Matt Corral and Ole Miss, like that really opens up the offense and and makes the defense account for something that they they simply just didn't have to last year. Now, secondly. I think he'll have a longer leash because I expect the defense to be much better this year, and I don't think we're going to need because a lot of it last year, like in, in our losses, like we scored some points, like we had a lot of games where, like with with a better defensive effort, we probably get out of there with a win. So if we do improve the defense as much as I think we will with our added experience and added depth, um, as well as some freshmen probably contributing, I think that. I think that we will have a couple more comfortable wins that maybe Dylan doesn't have to, you know, put up 40 points or something like that. Maybe we're running the ball late in the game and and running down some clock with a bigger lead. And maybe Jackson Arnold is in the game in the fourth quarter, you know, as we run down this. So I think the best-case scenario for the season is Dylan having a long leash. I think if we're talking short leash and Jackson's overtaking him, I don't think the season is going as well as we hope. What's the long term for the future in the SEC? Is it for uh, JFA, Jackson Arnold, to get some serious snaps this year? Yes. Ready I to think go that, year one in the conference? Yes. I think that, you know, I, I think we I think we play him a good amount of fourth quarters, even to the point, like I said, with defensive improvements, I think you get to the point where it's kind of like, okay, if we've got – a two score lead, you know, with 10 minutes left or something like that. Like let him go out there and sling it. Now there is going to be a point Tyler because he's got a, he's got crazy arm talent. He's athletic. You know, he can, he can move outside the pocket. He can get loose with his legs. There are going to be times where he looks really good in the fourth quarter. I still don't think it is 
it is within our best interest to make him the starter if if Dylan is still playing well. I uh, I, I don't think that there's going to be I, – I think there's going to be games where we don't have to wait until the fourth quarter to see him. I'm, I'm kind of – Kind of getting the impression from people around practice, and OU hasn't said this publicly, nor would they. And you know, maybe they have a you know already decided on plans on how they would do so. Maybe that's for for later this year. But I kind of feel like we're going to see Jackson Arnold taking snaps in you know kind of meaningful games, and we've seen that before. Blake Bell came in with the belldozer in some big snaps. We saw it recently with Caleb Williams, right? Like, Jackson Arnold can bring something to the table, a nice little change-up with how dynamic of a runner he is. I'm, I'm just not going to be surprised if they're in the first quarter of a tight football game and Arnold comes running out there for a third-and-two situation or anything like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, obviously, he doesn't have Blake Bell's size. Uh, not many do that have played that position. Um, you know, it, it is can he run like Caleb? Maybe I mean obviously he had some big runs while he was a Denton Geyer, maybe. Um, but I think that with his skill set, I, I think you could see him. Yes, to your point, in in some big situations. But perhaps it's just to throw somebody off, right? Maybe it's Dylan, you know, goes to the sideline or something, and it's it's something to force a timeout, right? They 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 line up and Jackson under center and defense is going wait 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 wait. We we gotta we gotta burn one here. So uh, I think I think that's more of uh, of a situation. Just because while he has great physical tools, I don't think he has one physical tool where it's like, God, this guy's a burner, yeah. or man, this guy's a bruiser. I say they use Caleb Williams as a changeup. I mean, they they did. It didn't go all that well. I mean, really, he just kind of took over, and that was his job after that. So it wasn't <laughs> right. like an entire season of him just trotting out there, but. The other times that they've done something similar, I mean, Blake Bell was a huge success with the Belldozer. I thought Kyler in that 2017 season had a lot of success when he came mm-hmm. in the game. So there's mm-hmm. a nice little, unless I'm forgetting someone else that's obvious, OU's had, for the most part, a pretty decent history here recently of you know playing more than one quarterback, I guess, or well, using another yeah. one in certain situations. Chandler Morris ran one in. Uh, he did, Big 12 well. championship game, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly a possibility. I just, again, I think if this is a best-case scenario situation for this year, I think that Dylan remains the starter throughout. Jackson gets a good amount of reps, whether that's in meaningful moments in the first quarters or taking over for whole second halves or whole fourth quarters. If he combines to play the equivalent of, like, six to ten quarters, then I'm, I'm feeling really good about where our season's going and where our future's going. Kyler got snaps when Baker was there, says the texture in the 580. Obviously not the same comparison, though. Yeah, it's – yeah. <laughs> Again, it, yeah. yeah. It'd be nice if it was the same comparison, but you're right. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's all, it's all about the physical tools, right? Like, Kyler, you could really throw a big change up in there. Same with Bell, um, you know, and, and, and really same with Caleb, but – yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting how they do it because he's you know from all you know from all reports he's he's looking like the real deal. Just no need to rush. Uh, the big OU story of the day is the Big Twelve softball awards, and OU got a lot, and still somehow they got snubbed. That that's real. OU got a lot of awards today, but still somehow they got snubbed. Jada Coleman was Player of the Year, OU's record fourth straight Player of the Year. 
Jordy Ball joins uh, Paige Parker and Kat Osterman as the only pitchers to win uh, their freshman and sophomore years. I think that's Paige Parker. Uh, that I, I know that's Cat Osterman in there. Anyway, to win Pitcher of the Year in the Big 12, their freshman and sophomore seasons. Grace Lyons is the first ever three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Patty Gasso, co-Big 12 head coach. That's her 11th straight Coach of the Year. Jeez. And then they had seven first-teamers, which was a conference record. So I just read that off. That's crazy. And if you're just now hearing this, you're saying, well, how can you, how can you read off all that and feel like they got snubbed? Well... Patty only won co-coach of the year with the head coach at Baylor. And then Alyssa Brito was fifth in batting average in the Big 12 with a 401 average and did not make the first team. So as petty as it may sound, I'm still saying OU got snubbed, at least in a couple of different categories. Couldn't Sticking agree more. It. Couldn't agree more. Total screw job. Uh, now, uh, luckily, we're starting the, starting the Big 12 tournament. So uh, there will be plenty of opportunity for – the snubbed and teammates of snubbed and players of snubbed to uh, exact their revenge. Brito should wear snubbed on the back of her uniform this weekend to the Big 12 tournament. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love Mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. Because there was a quarterback, I think uh, it it was at Tech. His name was Taylor Potts when Mike Leach was there. And I think he called him Nick for a nickname. Like, you're playing like Nick right now. Like, that's not a very – like, Mike Leach wasn't saying it in a positive way. And I didn't know that this was legal in college football because, well, <laughs> the NCAA does some dumb things. He put Nick on the back of his uniform for a few games, which I thought was great. I think since Patty doesn't have to obviously wear a uniform, she's obviously like got a hoodie on or something like that, I think somebody should make her a, a co-coach of the year <laughs> hoodie. But, like, make the co, like, massive. Oh, no. Like, make, make, make co make up, like, half of, the, half of the space on the hoodie. Baylor head coach would wear that one proudly. Uh, Patty, maybe not so much. Oh, absolutely. Baylor, Baylor might only get the opportunity to wear it in, like, one game before they're bounced. But – you know, Patty, at least you could get a couple wears out of it. Well, I, yeah, Baylor might play OU on Friday, right? Because Baylor will play Iowa State tomorrow, yeah. and the winner of that game will play OU. But I like our idea better. Just Let's just scrap the whole tournament. Forget about it. Let's not play games tomorrow. Let's just let the Baylor head coach, co-coach of the year, uh, pick an all-star team uh, from players across the league outside of OU, and that team will just play OU for the Big 12 championship, and we'll call it good. Winner gets to keep the uh, Coach of the Year honor. Do you and, think and, that... and Alyssa Brito gets voted to the uh, first team if OU wins. <laughs> All is right. fair. Did, so, if, like, so play the winner of Iowa State and Baylor, do you think you're going to be able to gamble on that Iowa State-Oklahoma <laughs> game? Or because of Iowa State scandals, will they not make that available? Well, I mean, I think you'll be able to gamble on it. I'll just get the right side of the line from the Iowa State softball team is what it sounds like, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and if, the, if the line's not trending the right way in the fifth inning, then they'll, they'll make it the right way, you know? Exactly. For those of you that don't know, Iowa State and Iowa, both, both athletic departments uh, apparently have a, perhaps a bit of a gambling issue. Uh, there's, you know, probably, what, 50 combined athletes from the two that have that are going under investigation across multiple sports um, for for gambling. So, you know, when we've been to Iowa, Tyler, you know, uh, it's, you know, 
There were some casinos there. There was some sin on the Iowa side of the Nebraska-Iowa <laughs> border. You can just say it. There was sin on the Iowa yep. side, and it was clean on the Nebraska side. That's yep. what it looked Kelso like Kelso and, and Doug Miles, you know, I'm sure you two are saints. But, yeah, on the Iowa side, it does. It shocks me very little, Tyler, that now they're getting all busted for gambling. Hey, go back and watch that Iowa State-Texas game from last year in football. And watch Xavier Hutchinson's drop wide open yep. down the field. And don't tell me that there's something a little bit sketchy in there. Don't tell me the sun just got in his eyes. That was a wide sense. open touchdown for a win. But <laughs> it, Texas won eight games last year. They're going to be awesome. Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard from everyone that Quinn Ewers <laughs> is going to be a first-round pick and Texas is going to beat Alabama and make the college football playoff? Yeah, for, forget all of that from last year. That Iowa State was a drop pass away from winning in Austin. Forget yeah, I – uh... Yeah, I saw. I think I saw the first mock draft from like two four seven come out, and they they mocked Quinn Ewers to Minnesota Vikings in the first round, and I immediately <laughs> threw up in my mouth. Yeah, I uh, have to pick someone else if that's the case. Uh, I know. From the four zero five on the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line, the whole softball team should just put disrespected on the back of every jersey. Crowd pick it up as a chant for the uh, women's college world series. Just, disrespected, just chanting it the whole game. What if uh, what if we get in get in the matchup with Baylor and then when um, when Glenn, Glenn when when he gets out there uh, to do a mound visit they start chanting overrated. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. <laughs> I mean, I'm petty enough to do it. I, I don't know if anyone else will do it with me, but I'll well, the, I'll, I'll do it. The OU fan base is a very smart one, especially the softball fan base. They are. They know what's going on. So I think you can always count on the smartest fan bases to go along with different chants and whatnot. I think that one has legs. If they run into him the first mound visit when he goes out there and starts just walking slowly to the mound, overrated has got to come out. I love that so much. From the 319, OMG, if you start taking the side of Nebraska, I'm going to stop listening to y'all. Well, hey, we didn't necessarily take the side of Nebraska. We're just saying the Iowa side – it looked a little bit more fun than a Nebraska side of the yeah, Iowa-Nebraska border by Omaha. You must not know these hosts too well. Yeah. <laughs> if, Trust me, we're picking the Iowa side in that situation. If if you thought uh, if you thought driving by a bunch of casinos and and and, and spots where you could probably find some good bourbon was uh, yeah. something that we were trying to go away from, then uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the program, Trust first me, timer. We tried to reroute the Friday show before OU Nebraska <laughs> to the Iowa side, other than uh, Omaha. We 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 attempted to do so. We tried. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to the program. Yeah, yeah, seriously. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More college football, more OU softball coming up next right here on The Ref. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of ever. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. I'm busy at the hospital sitting up with doctors poking me and shining lights down my throat and you probing me every way they can to uh, find out why I got these hiccups. So that's the only reason that I wasn't there. Have we figured it out? Hell no. <laughs> I have done everything. It scare me, drink water upside down, smell the ass of a porcupine. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> Yes. The remedy or having hiccups that long. Either one. Yes. So. I'm serious, man. That's Auburn legend, 
NFL legend, Major League Baseball legend Bo Jackson. And if any of you out there have a better uh, remedy to the hiccups than smelling a porcupine's behind, I don't really know what Bo Jackson's email is or really how to get in touch with him, but probably pretty critical that someone does so. That's about as desperate. I mean, obviously they're bad if, if that's the, the links that he's going to these days. That's about yeah. as desperate as it, as it gets. As I've said, I just I don't know. Again, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of that being a thing. And, you've again, you've got to get desperate, but it's got to be on a list. That's got to be in the meaty part of, like, the early 100s. Like, I can think of maybe – I would start making stuff up, Tyler. I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, if you read a book upside down, you know, that's got to help. Or, well, you've got to sniff your own shoe or something like that. You've got to not eat. think you were going to say shoe there, but, yeah, gotta that would be – that, that you got to eat yeah. some chickpeas or you've got to, I don't know – Start your shirt, or like, like you just start making up the most random stuff possible, and just pray, just pray one of them works before you have to go down that road. <sighs> oh, that's tough. Feel Oof. bad for for the first time ever. I feel bad for Bo Jackson. Poor guy. It took all these years, but I finally do. Uh, texter on the uh, Knipple Meyer Chevrolet text line. Oh, this one says, smell the knipple of a porcupine. Nice job. Speaking of the text <laughs> line. Uh, this one, though, says, Casey Thompson transfer portal didn't last long as a Husker. Wonder where he lands. Well, you're in luck. Uh, it was announced today that he is going to FAU. Florida Atlantic to uh, reunite with his ex-head coach at Texas, Tom Herman. That's where Casey Thompson's going. Yeah, you know, after a long, grueling, interesting college football career, he gets to, uh, you know, play his probably last year in Boca Raton, probably bringing his golf clubs with him. Um, You know, a lot of people thought maybe that he would go to Oklahoma State simply to, you know, get the trifecta, if you will, of all of his dad's rivals after playing at Texas and Nebraska, go ahead and finish it off in Stillwater uh, just so he has to keep buying hats of all the people he hated. Seriously, man, that's tough. But, yeah, I imagine he's just going to enjoy the weather down there, going to toss the football around a little bit, maybe link up with old Jackson Sumlin on a seam route. Who knows? But, yeah, FAU bound. You know, um, he's not going to be playing in front of 83,000 like he would at Memorial Stadium. Far from it down there in uh, He Boca might play Raton. in front of 83. May. Um, however, what a weather upgrade for Casey Thompson as the next stop, right? Going from Lincoln uh, in the fall and winter to Boca. Nice That's job, what I'm saying. Man. Bring the golf clubs, man. Why not? I think I, I might have to uh... – uh, I might have to go down and catch an FAU game on the bye this this year. Who knows? Maybe some golf weather down there. But it is it is tough, right, because he had, obviously, a, an incredible game against OU one time. Um, he had that big bowl game, if I remember correctly, uh, set like a bowl record. Um, and then, you know, had his moments at Nebraska and never really went, you know, never really, really went crazy. But it's got to be disappointing if you're Casey to now be at FAU because sure. the path to a post, you know, a post college NF or post college football career in general just got a whole heck of a lot tougher. Yeah, especially when there's so much portal movement. You know, Notre Dame right. is going to have a starter uh, there. Alabama might have a starter. Auburn's going to have a starter. OU has still a starter. That's probably you know 
Dylan Gabriel is going to be your starter game one from the portal as well. And yeah, like you said, there's so much portal movement at quarterback, and then the you know the fact that you ended up at FAU is tough. Heck, even uh, I I just found out yesterday with everything going on that uh, Keaton Slovis transferred to BYU this offseason, and he's probably going to be their starting quarterback this year. Yeah, that's... totally forgot about that one. God, I remember when everybody was was oh Keaton Slovis going to be a number one pick one day. Keaton Slovis, man, that's I people fell in love with that dude. And now this is his third school now, yeah, because he yes, was yeah uh, USC, USC Pitt and, and then, then now, BYU now. now BYU. Yep, uh huh. Was Casey Thompson recruited to Texas by Tom Herman? I think he was. Yeah, I mean, what was Te- Herman's first year there? It was like twenty seventeen, I think. That would have been, yeah, that would have been Herman. 16, 20. recruited him there. Maybe 16 was Herman's first year. Yeah, but, yeah, he would have been recruited by Herman. Right, right. Uh, Seth and Piedmont, I don't think there's any amount of money that could be put on a table to sniff a porcupine's butt and then admit to it to the public. With that being yeah, said, how issue. much money are we talking? That's the issue. Like, you, you would have to torture that out of me. I'm not letting that information out. What, what's interesting is, Maybe he maybe he did even crazier things that he's not willing to admit, you know, on on air. If that was what what if Tyler, what if that was the mild? What if that was just like the middle of the road that he did? Oof, I I can't even imagine. Legend status may have to be uh, stripped away from Bo Jackson. Well, that's why I chose not to be a a two sport megastar. Oh, okay, yeah. That's why it was a conscious decision. Because I didn't want to end up uh, sniffing a uh, sniffing a porcupine at some point, you know. This is the SEC we're going to. Just another <laughs> reminder of the conference that you're going to be in. And, and uh, what, 417, 418 days now. Is According what it is. to Gunny, yeah. 418 days. I think it was like 421 when it got approved and Gunny was right there ready to go oh, yeah. because the next day it was going to be Well, I think that's why it was days. announced, to give Gunny like a day or two to get ready for it, you know. Right. Needed an emergency session to make sure that uh, we could get that 420 number up there. Where the top college football quarterback battles stand after spring practice according to ESPN at Bama it's between Tyler Buckner Notre Dame transfer Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson ESPN says that the post spring week one favorite to win the Bama starting quarterback job is Tyler Buckner well it would have to be since he just got there right I mean I I get that you want a guy that went through spring but if if Alabama pursued him heavily and wants to bring him in, he's got to have a shot at the job because he, he probably could have had a shot at a job a lot of places. In order for him to bring him in, that would be the obvious betting favorite. I personally, I would I would probably play Jalen Milrow just because I think he just gives you the most upside possible, uh, and that roster is absolutely loaded. They've finished no worse than second in the recruiting rankings out of all the people that are actually going to be on on that team right now um i mean the team's absolutely stacked you don't you don't need another heisman winner in order to get it done the florida gators are choosing between graham mertz wisconsin transfer and jack miller the third the post spring week one favorite Oof. man it just looks even worse staring at it here uh graham Oof. mertz is the post spring week one favorite man florida's Oof. not going to be very good no i'm sure they're probably working on some reclassification paperwork for dj lagway <laughs> it's just, I, I would. I'd be trying to. <laughs> Georgia, their contenders are Carson Be- Beck and B- Brock Vandegrift. Post-spring, uh, 
post-spring week one favorite is Carson Beck, and I totally agree with that. I don't think anyone believes that Vandegrift has a chance to win that job uh, for week one. It's going to be Carson we, Beck. Uh, anytime this is brought up, because I'm not sure how much longer the name will be brought up, so I want to I want to juice it, uh, you know, for all it's got. But keep in mind, Lincoln Riley wanted Brock Vandegrift over Caleb Williams. Um, it wasn't until Brock Vandegrift. And he had him at one point. Yeah, wasn't until Brock Vandegrift decommitted um, before uh, Lincoln put the full pressure on Caleb Williams. Now Caleb Williams is the favorite to go number one overall, nearly locked to go number one overall, and favorite to win his second consecutive Heisman, and Brock Vandegrift cannot get on the field. Ole Miss, they're contenders. This is one of the more interesting quarterback battles going on right now. Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, and the former five-star Walker Howard. Post-spring week one favorite, it is not – the Oklahoma State transfer, Spencer Sanders, apparently it's Jackson Darts. How about that? Wow. I think that's a competition that will go on into training camp, but it is interesting that there's thought that Jackson Darts the favorite post-spring. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, honestly, I, if, if I were the coach, and I know uh, I'm definitely not, but I would – I would start Spencer Sanders, man. I'm just not – I know we were after him. You know, we were trying to get him to come back up Dylan Gabriel. We would have probably been a little bit better off in the Texas game. But I got to watch him live last year uh, when I went down to Baton Rouge and watched the LSU Tigers host Jackson Dart and company. And, God, he just – it was not good. Yeah, didn't he run the ball well last year? Like they ran the ball well, they pretty beat well. Ole Miss, but um, yeah, he was. It was schemed well. Yeah, he's just not wasn't super accurate with the football. But I guess Spencer Sanders isn't either. So, well, yeah, I mean, I guess tomato, tomato, perhaps in that situation. But I would still probably start Spencer just because Tyler. I know this may shock you, but I'm petty. Yeah, well, yeah, well, and, and, and I want Spencer Sanders to have a really yeah. good year I, I'm because there guess. are OSU fans that are talking themselves into uh, um, they thought they upgraded at the quarterback position, and no, I'm just not buying it. I, I don't, I don't think that that's the case. I, I think Ole Miss is probably going to start more than one quarterback this year, and one of those quarterbacks will be Spencer Sanders. Whether he's the starter opening day or not, uh, he'll be the starter one way or the other, uh, at least one game this year. Probably right. several games. Uh, Texas, the QB contenders are Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and Arch Manning. Post-spring, week one favorites. I, I mean, and, and here's like, here's my beef, man. When I see Quinn Ewers on all of these, hey, top 15 mock for next year. Well, if you're being mocked this time of the year for a top 15 pick in the NFL draft, like that normally means, Travis, that you were a dude last year. Like you had a really, really good season. So the same guy that we're including in an article that's in a quarterback battle with the true freshman is supposedly going to be a top 15 pick next year. Do we all kind of see where the big, uh, the, the big debate is, uh, the big debate here is and the disagreement? Because I, I, don't, I don't understand how you can be discussed in a quarterback battle but still mocked in the top 15 for next year. That doesn't add up to me. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I think they probably just wanted to include Texas because they probably needed to like contractually or something like that is give more attention to Texas. But, yeah, I mean, this isn't an Anthony Richardson situation. And, and I saw that recently. A Texas fan was like, well, you know, teams will take, take a flyer on talent. I mean, look what Anthony Richardson just went through. Anthony Richardson put up the most impressive physical athletic combine for a quarterback ever. 
and they're taking a flyer on that potential. Quinn Ewers, he's 6'2", 200 pounds, and he ranked 53rd in QBR last year, 78th in passing yards, 73rd in touchdowns. And, uh, yeah, I'm just not seeing it. We've seen he was a he was a perfect recruit, according to the, you know, 247 composite coming out, couldn't even sniff top three, you know, at Ohio State, and was really bad last year for Texas. You're trying to tell me that now in year three it's all going to come together and he's going to play himself into the first round? Stop it. Just stop it, man. Yeah, I need a little bit more uh, evidence first before I'm uh, I'm ready to go there. Uh, what's OSU's record without Spencer Sanders this year? Well, their over-unders, what, six and a half? I saw old Josh Pate at 24-7 saying, take the over. Like, the over would hit on that for the past several years. I forget how many it is. I just, um, they've been a program in the past that, you know, when all else fails, they've got skill position players. they got wide receivers that can go down the field and get the football, and I just, I, I'm not high on their skill position players this year. I'm, I'm very nervous about OSU. I think they're a 6-16 six and 16 this year. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. I mean, their quarterback play got worse. Um, they lost starters, like a lot of starters to other teams. And the, the problem is the Gundy model is 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 very consistent. It's get guys that are going to be in the program for three or four years, develop them to fit that scheme, you know, and, and you're going to go grind out a bunch of wins against guys that are – or against rosters that are just more talented than yours because you're a better unit, a better cohesive unit. Well, enter the transfer portal into the picture, and now Gundy's got a bunch of guys that – haven't been there a long time, haven't played a lot of college football, and now, you know, you got a new coordinator in there that nobody knows whether it's going to work, and I don't know. I just think it's a bit of a mess. I think their offensive line is a mess. I think they got worse at quarterback. I don't think the defense is going to be very good. They have a couple talented pieces, but I don't think it's going to be very good. I think 6-6, six and 5-7 six, and seven is kind of in that range, personally. Sewers, not Ewers, Sewers, says the texter. <laughs> Couldn't sniff top three, but he could sniff the behind of a porcupine. Ah, uh, nice. Nice job. 918, nice. I'll bet Arch Manning transfers with his 3.4 million dollars he's not a bench warmer that's what he'll be at texas if he stays watch and see i don't think he'll be a bench warmer at texas that's at some point if you get the number one overall player it's like having the number one overall uh pick in the nfl draft you are playing that guy one way or the other and sometimes even at quarterback a lot sooner than what you initially hoped for right you've invested too much capital into that player to not play him i mean it's like it's like taking a first round draft pick like you have to play him you have to like if you sign him to a big deal, you have to play, and that's what the recruiting resources. Obviously, we can go back and forth on whether or not you know Arch was or Archie was honest or Cooper was honest about him not being able to accept any nil money, blah blah blah. But the fact of the matter is, we have we have evidence of this. Like we have a history of this. Tyler Quinn Ewers was not the better quarterback last year. Hudson Card, according to every report of anybody that was allowed to watch practice was the better quarterback throughout fall camp. And then a Texas SID gets a text message from Sarg and says, hey, tell everybody that Quinn's being named the starter. And then Quinn gets in there, and he loses Oklahoma State. He They take the ball out of Bijan's hands. Like, Texas has made decisions to the detriment of their football team's success in order to play a guy that they have a lot invested in 
What makes you think they're going to change that with Arch Manning? When we envision the dream college football scenario this season, how high does Texas playing in a lower tier bowl game and getting beat by Hudson Card and Purdue? Where, where does that where does that mm. ring? That'd be pretty tasty. God, it would be great. It would be great. I mean, I, I'm and we've talked about it. I'm a firm believer that they're a ten win team with Hudson Card last year because I think they are forced to run the ball with Roshan and Bijan, their best running back duo that they've had or will have in a long time. And they took the ball out of those guys' hands and said, all right, Quinn, sling it. I need 30 incompletions this game, and if you could add a few interceptions in crunch time, that would be great. You got it, Coach. Watch this. Got it. You got it. I'll dial it up, baby. Stillwater, Oklahoma. Saw that uh, in person. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More to come. Final hour of the rush rolls on next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Bob Huggins will be back as the head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers next year, just not for the first three games of the season. Huggy will be back, but he won't coach the first three games. He's getting a million dollars taken away from his salary. He's got to give a sizable donation to Xavier, and now he's on a year-by-year contract, and most think that that means this will be his last year in Morgantown. I have no idea. But the main story here is Bob Huggins is going to take a massive pay cut. However, he is back. It, it almost feels a little similar to the uh, the Mike Gundy situation. Didn't he get like a million take away take it away from his contract after after all that? Well, I think part of it, like, wasn't that? And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it around COVID times where people were taking lesser money anyways? Yeah. yeah. Like it, it kind of it kind of got rolled into. Oh, he's given a part of his. But I think it was. It was he was so it was so well paid compared to his assistants. I think that was part of it. Was hey, some other people took pay cuts, everybody else took pay cuts. Why isn't my gunny? Oh, okay, we'll do it now. So I think it kind of got double dipped there. Uh, OSU's new uniforms. You give a minus for the actual uniform. Uh, did you give it an F for actually coming out with new uniforms when they do that all the time? Yes, it's yeah. it's it's an F because just. Stop trying to be Oregon. Stop trying to distract from your lack of recruiting success, your lack of coordinator hire success, your losing a ton of people through the portal. Like, stop trying to distract from all that and 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 just get better at those instead of releasing a new uniform every every month. For people that haven't seen it, basically they tried to modernize. Is this a good way to put it? Uh, I feel like it is. Modernize like the Barry Sanders era uniforms. That's what it felt like to me. A more modern look to those. Oh, yeah. And oh, I think they I think they should have just worn those exact uniforms for that, that Barry Sanders, like from back in the day. Just just replicate those. It was the best like look Like literally the exact same ones. Yeah, Not same even ones. redesigned. Like just go same get them ones. out of whatever closet yeah. they're in. I'm sure Bike say, uh, made those uniforms, the, the, the old tearaways. <laughs> yep. And say, here you go. Here you go. You get to wear these uniforms because 
we need to we need some more money to go hire better coordinators. Best worst uniform in the Big Twelve. I'm going with Iowa State as the worst Ooh. because of their logo. It's just god awful. It's terrible. It's plain. It's just not good. I'll say the best outside of Oklahoma, of course. I'll say um, I'll say Kansas State for the best. Iowa State for the worst. What say you? Oh man, that is. Uh... That's tough. I I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't necessarily ready for this. I will say worst is Kansas. They just look like a basketball school. You know yeah. what I mean? Try yeah. as they and might, I, still look. And like I get more. a lot of us just like associate <laughs> basketball with Kansas, Kansas with basketball. But those uniforms legitimately look like <laughs> you're, this is a basketball school. Um, <sighs> best best uniforms. It does look like James Naismith designed them. I, I do agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I'll go, and I'm going to catch high, high heat for this, but I think it's probably the Stormtrooper, the Texas Stormtrooper look. I'll, I, uh, hmm, I'll monitor the text line and let you know what they right. say about that. I, 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 my, my, hate for, my hate for Texas is well documented, but if we're just going on a, on a uniform-by-uniform basis – the Texas Stormtrooper, all-white all helmet, that would be what I would go with. Uh, worst in the SEC, though you all know I want to go with Missouri here. <laughs> God knows I it. want to go with Missouri. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt for the worst uniforms, very similar to Iowa State, like not much of a logo. Um, not just, I, I just, There's not a lot there with Vandy's uniforms. Best, even though I'm not crazy about the powder blue, which might sound odd, I just like Ole Miss's uh, traditional uniforms. I think those look pretty good. So I guess I'll go with Ole Miss for the best, uh, Vanderbilt for the worst. Um, I, I will, uh, I will take the opportunity that you gave up to go with Missouri. Yeah. Um, God bless you. It's just, I don't, I, I just think everything about that program is is ugly. Um, but no, not a fan of Missouri's look. And I think part of it is because I've never really seen it lift a trophy. You know what I mean? Like, like I've never seen it. Who in has? An you know what I Who mean? Like I've, in I've a never bowl trophy, maybe. I've never it. seen it in a, in, in a, in a positive light. Um, best, if we're going best uniforms in the SEC, I would probably have to go with, Bama. Yeah, uh, I, I just, I mean, it's traditional. It's, it's I really like know. just Bama's crimson uniforms. You know, I like their helmets. Just hard to lose simple. your helmet if you're one of those players. Like, oh, where's, where's 27 at? Okay, there it is. Got it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I think best Alabama for me, worst Missouri. Uh, text line got some opinions. Worst OU Rough Rider, best OU away. Uh, nine one eight worst has to either be Baylor or Tech. Baylor looks like a bunch of tractors, and Tech looks like a high school team. I like that. Uh, Baylor's yellows are terrible for the four hundred five. I do agree with that. It's mm-hmm. a it's a mm-hmm. rough look. TCU has some sick jerseys, says the texture in the four hundred five. Uh, Greg from Lawton says bike. Ha ha, that's an oldie. Glad you got that reference there. Uh, uh, Dewey has a oh Dewey High School that come on what are we doing is Dewey High School going to be added to the Big Twelve what are we doing with that maybe <laughs> that's incredible Texas all white sadly so someone agrees with you and then best in the SEC is Alabama so there you got a buddy there 
agree hey, with you hey. on all fronts. See, I love it. I love it. I, hey, I, I just call it like it is. You know, you come, you come to this station for honesty, right? <laughs> Braylon, yeah, I like BYU's old school uniforms. Good, good point. I, I still don't. Uh, for whatever reason, consider BYU a Big 12 school, though I think uh, – I don't even think they're officially a member yet. That's why. Anyway, I do think BYU has a pretty good uniform. Yeah, I would say pretty good. Who's, who's, the, who's your least favorite of the new, of the new uniforms? Um, not Cincinnati, not UCF. Probably, probably Houston, I guess. But that's just more bias on the city of Houston. But I, I, I would actually, I would actually say Houston probably has the worst of the four. BYU by far the best. Yeah, Houston's is pretty plain. I'll go with Houston too. Not a lot. Despite my Case Keenum game, I saw, and when he came to the University of Tulsa, that was a lot of fun. What was the score like? Seventy-four to seventy-two. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a lot. That's all I remember. I was, it was. Uh, I just remember being like, oh my gosh. Case Keenum, he's breaking all these records and whatnot. He's right down the street. I think I'm going to go. Was like G.J. Kinney, the quarterback at Tulsa then or something? Uh, I think that sounds about right. I just remember I just remember a lot of braces on Case Keenum. And I, was, I, I, never, I never imagined, Tyler, that one day he would be throwing the, the Minneapolis miracle for my Vikings uh, to, and, uh, to, to digs down the sideline. I then, never imagined. And then uh, a few months after that, he was introduced as the Denver Broncos uh, starting quarterback, and I think it was John Elway that called him Case Keesum at the uh, press conference. So <laughs> what a wild career uh, it's been for that guy. Old, old Kane Keesum? Yeah, man, we love him. Uh, just been in love with him uh, ever since he was at Houston. Uh, keep the texts coming, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Final segment's next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. At Oklahoma Electric Cooperative, we value transparency. Our goal is to provide our members with reliable, affordable